invite Kirk up and uh, pray for him. Thank you, Father, for just the, the way um, you have taught us and led us through Kirk these last three to four weeks, Lord, on just teaching us how to pray, Lord, and the empowering nature of that. Holy Spirit, we welcome you again today to just have your way with us. Open our hearts even further. Open our ears to hear and our spirits just to soak up all that you want to impart to us today through Kirk. We pray for your empowering through his heart and through his words, Lord, your words through him as he speaks to us today, Lord. Empower him in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, thanks, Nick. Hey, you probably noticed the, um, the warm air in the building today, hey? Welcome to this beautiful time of the year. Hey, Matt is just up the back going, it doesn't get any better. <laughs> I can see it on your face. <laughs> hey, we, um, <clears throat> we would like to invite you next weekend to come and join us here at the Vineyard. We want to share with you just a little bit about our plans and some of the staging and steps that we want to begin to journey into with regards to being able to cool this building down a little bit, particularly in the summertime. I know how much you all love to sweat, but, you know, <laughs> we're, uh, we've got a plan. The church board's been working together and praying and following the Lord, and so we want to begin to share some of that with you next Sunday. So come along next Sunday, and we'll share in detail a little bit more of the journey of what that's going to look like and how the Lord's going to uh, walk that out with us. All righty. This morning, as you've heard from Nicole, we've, um, as she was praying for me, for those of you who are just joining us today for the first time in this series, we've been looking at the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6, making our way through it. And um, it's, it's felt and, well, it's been more than a feeling. It's been quite uh, evident to see, as we've been walking through this series together, that the Holy Spirit seems to be meeting us with increased um, measure and presence and activation, and um, it's a wonderful thing. And uh, after such an incredible season of um, where it, you know, and we're still feeling it as a as a country, but that whole sense of oh, how long, oh God, how much longer do we have to live with this? all these frustrations and restrictions and, and so forth with regards to this pandemic until we can somehow have a sense of uh, a new, new normal, a new sense of life in our daily goings and comings. And, 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 and so we're moving towards that finish line, which is good, or the new, the new, uh, the new story that's going to happen that we're entering into. Um, but as, even so, we've been experiencing the Holy Spirit activating, building and uh, journeying us all into uh, a life of prayer. If you want to jump onto that second slide for me, that, thanks, uh, thanks, Miriam, and thanks, uh, thanks, Bo, and thanks for the correction too on that first slide. Hey, um, we're this this morning. We're going to pick up on uh, 
forgive us our debts even as we have forgiven those uh, who, who our debtors. But over the last few weeks, we've been just taking a moment to hear a little bit from what God's been doing among us. And, I, and again, I want to just take a minute. These, these aren't 20-minute testimonies. These are like 60-second testimonies, all right? 60-second testimonies about what is it that the Holy Spirit has been teaching you in this season? Last week, there were some little one-minute testimonies about people realizing their authority, uh, people realizing like a, a deep um, identification with, with Jesus uh, his, and his heart and his suffering to take on the suffering so that he could release healing to the world. And this place of prayer and intercession where it's like an intensification of that was one of the testimonies that came out last week. One of the other testimonies was um, people talking about being activated in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, like gifts of discernment all of a sudden being reactivated in people um, and, um, and so forth. But, hey, let's just open it up. Uh, I'm going to... Um, I've got the microphone here. Just one minute. What has the Holy Spirit been teaching you this week about how, how to pray out of your relationship with the Lord? Just pop your hand up. Who's got... Who's got something they would like to share this morning? We're just going to wait on that for a minute. No one? You guys been talking to God this week or what? Has he said nothing? All right, all right. Just hang on a minute, Liz. Nicole's just going to quickly come up to you with a the microphone there. That when Jesus died, the curtain was ripped and we could can now come straight to the Lord and to God and converse, commune with him and hear him and he will open our ears to hear and we need to listen. That's good. That's a good word, Liz. That's good. Beautiful thing there, the capacity to be able to hear God. What a gift. And that we can, as his children, we can hear God and Listening, you know, if you unpack that word, listening, it's two dynamics to it. On the, it's like a coin. On the one side, it's actually being able to uh, receive what it is that God's saying, hearing it. And if you flip the coin on the other side of the coin, it's the act, obedient outworking of what you've just heard. And so, in other words, when God speaks and we hear, it releases the kingdom through our obedience. And so it's, an, so it's important to listen, isn't it? And then outwork that out. Yep. Thanks, Kurt. You pretty much just said what I was going oh, to say. Oh, did I? Sorry yeah. about that. You it's say just, it in your words. Just being sensitive, more sensitive to the Holy Spirit I've found in myself and just praying in those times where you just think, well, this, I just need to pray. Yeah. And not knowing whether what direction or whatever, I mean, the Holy Spirit just comes in and helps you with that as well. So, yeah, it's down, down from the Father and out, and it's just staying in tune. Beautiful. Thanks. Thanks, Sharon. Anyone else got something they'd like to share? Oli, and then Susan's up the back there. I've come into church this morning angry at my family. Okay. And um, you just said, you know, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive them, and I just thought I'll come to church... And as soon as I saw the cross, I thought, I've got to, got to give it all to him because if I am judging them for what they're not doing, well, 
I, I have no right. Jesus forgave me. He's unconditionally forgiven me. So I, I pray that I can be more like Jesus and, and give it to Jesus and say, look, you deal with it. And um, take away that anger because there's mm. no such thing for me as justified anger or resentment because it makes me sick. Mm-hmm. And um, so if I, if I can put it into words and, and give it to Jesus, I know that I'll be okay and, and he's, he's got the plan. That's it. That's it, Susan, up the back there while you're going to Susan. You know, there's a great invitation in the Bible, isn't there, to cast onto Jesus the, the very concerns that we carry. And, you know, it's, anger is really an outworking of an overburdened concern, isn't it? It's like we carry these things. It's like it goes from being, oh, God, if only, only you would come and that would change. And then in the absence of seeing necessarily, not necessarily seeing change, we then take it on again. We take it back from Jesus and we say, well, if you're not going to do it, I'll do it. And that's where anger begins to manifest, isn't it? So thanks, Holly. Susan. For me, it's to be obedient to what God asks you to do when he asks you to pray. I ignored his request once and I didn't visit somebody. They died the next day. Mm-hmm. With Bren on yesterday morning, I actually got up early and at 7 o'clock he said to me, start praying for Bren. Mm-hmm. And I started praying and I kept praying until he said to me, it is done. And that was almost exactly a quarter to eight. Mm-hmm. So I guess for me and for other people is when he asks you to do something, do it. Mm-hmm. And don't put it off because there's a reason so whether it was for Brian or whether it was for Ken or Amy or any of the family, he wanted them to know that he was there with them. Thanks, Susan. It's, it's, you know, often we don't get the opportunity like you've got this morning, which is to be a part of a, a story where God's moving and, and all of a sudden you get to see... Actually, um, that was really quite significant, the part that I played... Even, even though at the time you were just you being following Jesus and yet the implication of that was so much bigger and wider. And so thanks, Susan. Uh, last, last opportunities. Oh, Liz. And who, who's going to go after Liz? Marnie up the back there. All right. It's, it's, it's just short. Um, I, <laughs> sorry. Um, I'm Irish, sorry. Um, yeah, it, it's just that sense. Uh, I've, I felt just as I was driving in this morning that there was a real word of encouragement to us as a church, um, that God is um, hes listening to all of our prayers, mm. every single one of them, and every single one of them is answered. And for us who are praying or who have been praying for Bren, I, f- I sensed his word. You know, he was saying to me, you it's like you guys don't understand because you can't see exactly what's happening in the heavenlies. And when we pray in tongues or even in English, whatever words God puts on our hearts, we don't know the war that is going on up there. We don't understand it. But God has answered every single prayer that has been spoken. That was it. Thanks, Liz. Marnie up the back there, Nicole. 
Um, yes, uh, God's just been talking to me a lot about, just through various things that I've been listening to, about hanging on and letting go. Mm. So hanging on to him, but letting go of the outcome. Mm. That's a good lesson. <laughs> that's, that's really good. <laughs> that's a great, great one, Marnie. Thank you. Hey, just also, um, if uh, Friday, I know a number of you people were praying for uh, the Mercy Centre team and the haircut ministry that was happening out the front of the building, the barber ministry. Um, that went wonderfully well. Um, I, Matt, I, I didn't prime you for this, but I was just wondering, would you like to just kind of come over to where Nicole is and maybe give us a... Hey, what did you see happening there and what do you think God was doing through something like that? Oops, sorry, Matt. Hang on. Hey. Um, I had a, another barber help me, her, uh, Shy, and um, um, it was just a great day. Like, I, I had a lot of fun. Yep. And I was pretty surprised that you know, we had, you know, nine or so haircuts. There was people waiting for haircuts straight away. But, you know, it you just don't know where that's going to go. Like, I guess even with what Marnie said there, like, the outcome of that is yeah. that, you know, maybe we'd be going, oh, you know, like, where's the fruit from that? But but we're not to... We don't know where that's going. You don't you don't know what even just a, just a smile can do. Right. A smile at someone. Um so you know the Lord's at work, and um, you know I had I just I just had a lot of I had a blast, I had a lot of fun, <laughs> and um, you know I'm looking forward to to just doing that every month, just to see what the Lord's going to do. Right. Yep. Um, but you know I'm confident, like I just feel so confident that you know the Lord's just doing something in people's hearts as they as they come, as they tell their friends, and um, you know when you when you throw those seeds out there, you know like that. The, the Lord's in control yep. of the outcome of what of what happens with that, and it's not up to us to go. You know, are they? You know, is it going to, you know, um, bring people into the kingdom of of what? Ultimately, that's 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 our heart. That's what we want. Sure. But the Lord works slowly. He doesn't work on our. Well, he doesn't. He doesn't work on our time frame. Period. You know. So, but that was a great day. A lot of fun. Good stuff, Matt. Hey, um, Abby, did you want to add anything to that? Only just that I saw barriers coming down, like regulars that we've had coming, just that little bit more friendlier and open, and that was beautiful. Thank you, Lord. Hey, the joy of the Holy Spirit. Who'd have thought that that might be happening around a haircut, hey? But you know what I love about um, what's happening there is it's a great, just a great living word picture of... Um, someone follow, sensitive enough to hear God that we've been talking about and then willing to walk that out and not walk it, but walk it out with, well, this is who I am and this is what I can bring. And then we see when you turn all that towards God, this is my vocational skill set and capacity and this is what I, what I do. And then you bring that to the Lord and, the Lord just works through that and brings joy in our uh, through our obedience. We experience the joy of the Holy Spirit, and then it touches people's lives with the love of God, 
And, and again, kingdom is often like a mustard seed, the smallest of seeds in the garden. And, 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 but it's getting planted into the earth of people's hearts through those acts of willingness and obedience. So my question is, what is our vocational space that Jesus is inviting and speaking to each and every one of us about, and are we bringing who we are to that conversation as we walk it out? There's, a, there's so much going on in our, and through our lives for the sake of the king and his kingdom. Oh, sure, okay. I love it how everyone wants to take up my airtime. Ah, but you will love me anyway. I know. <laughs> I know, Mum. I'm his mum. <laughs> okay, this morning I woke up and I was sort of talking to the Lord about various things. But he started to bring to mind the people of this church. And he started to show me how much various people were planting into the community. Like we've got chaplains, we've got prison visitors, we've got teachers, we've got barbers who love to talk about Jesus when he gets an opportunity. That there, are, there are just so many. We've also got latent evangelists sitting in the back seat. There are so many people, people going down to the domestic violence place and serving customers there. There's, you know, it's not all happening here. It's got to happen out there. And what happened last Sunday, David went outside after church and there was a guy on a bike looking for food. And then he said to Dave, do you have showers? How many weeks was it? A couple of weeks. He hadn't had a shower anywhere. And Dave said no. So Dave went into overdrive and decided we were building out the back. We're doing showers, loose. I said, "Mm -mm 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 -mm." And then I, I forget how he got down to the local swimming pool. But they've got showers down there that they're quite happy for people to use. They cost $3 or $3.30 or something. And there's another way we can start to bless some of the visitors. Uh, you know, $3.30 and if we do up little packs of soap or whatever. Um, another simple way of meeting people's desperate needs sometimes. Okay. So, uh, anyway, whatever. That's it. Thanks. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm loving it. God is doing some, having some wonderful conversations with us as we keep digging into this series. If you've got your Bible, you might want to open it up to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to go there in a minute. Or if you don't, it'll be on the screen. But again, we started this series in Romans 8.27 where, we, where Paul talks about how the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses and often we don't know what to pray. And so the Holy Spirit intercedes within us with groaning. And that word groaning, we, at the very start of this series, we touched on it. it, it it's a collective, it's a community word. It's not a word of, I'm going to go and step into my own individual prayer closet and groan before God. It's a community word. It's a word that Paul understands. It's as a people walking together, following God, interceding, and as the Spirit touches them. And sometimes that comes out with um, gifts of the Spirit, like tongues. Other times it's literally 
uh, our own um, flesh just groaning before God, where we don't have words for that, and um, and it, and and it's usually because we don't know what to pray. But groaning is the outward working of the fact that somehow we all know deep down inside something's not right. And when we look outside ourselves, we also see something's not right. We need you, God. We need you in here and we need you here all around us. We need your kingdom to come. Groaning at the same time is that externalization of not just something's wrong, but it's a work of the Spirit. So it's actually an outworking of hope at the same time. It's an expression of hope, of the lordship of Christ through our groaning into the circumstances, be they in us or around us. And Paul uses this word particularly in Romans, uh, Romans 8.27. So today, I want to encourage you that we've been on this collective journey together. And it's interesting, isn't it? The further we're getting into it, into this season, all of a sudden there's these green shoots of kingdom life and activity and prophetic pictures and obedience and listening. And it's all just activating the kingdom of God into our everyday life. And it's, this is the way it's meant to be. This is the way it's meant to be. We're meant to be the bearers of the kingdom. Now, we're going to read Matthew chapter 6 together. Uh, So if you don't have your Bible, that's quite all right. We're going to go with the one that's on the screen if you don't. But So let's stand and pray together. Let's stand and pray together the Lord's Prayer. So remember, this is Jesus' team hanging around Jesus saying, "Uh, something's not right in here, something's not right around us. And yet at the same time, because you're here, we, are, we want the hope of who you are in here and also around us, okay? So, our Father, let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Amen. Okay, grab a seat. So again, just remembering that when we're praying here, Jesus is using the collective. He says we're praying to our Father, and with that he scoops up all of the long story of the book of Exodus, where God hears the cry of his people who are caught in captivity, and he as their Father hears their prayer, Here's their groaning. Here's their crying. And then he moves and he breaks the powers, the spiritual powers that are at work over his people, i.e. Egypt and Pharaoh and all of the spiritual powers. And he pushes through that to then, um, so his people can hear him and then invite his people to follow him out from underneath that rule and into and under the generous rule of living with God on the road. Living with God on the road. And so when we're praying our Father, that's, that's who Jesus is saying you're praying to. That's who my Father is. He's the one who, who hears, comes, liberates, delivers, finds a way, and then sets you on a path to a whole new life that you could never, 
have ever dreamed for your own well-being. This is who our Father is. And ultimately, if we have a hard time getting around some of the Old Testament bigness and concepts of who our Father is as is revealed here, Jesus says, if you can't get it, just look at me. Because when you see me, you see my Father. He makes it so easier for us, doesn't he? He's so kind. Well, so this morning, though, I want to take just a few minutes to talk about the idea of forgiveness. Let's keep in mind that Jesus is equipping his people and he's inviting them to be a people who call for the reality of God to come and make things different. And it's a, so um, it's really important that when we talk about the idea of forgiveness, and we'll, we'll, I'll illustrate this in a minute, but with forgiveness, there is the inbreaking inauguration of the rule of God. It's very important that you understand that. That when we are both receiving forgiveness from God, as God is forgiving us, because the activity is all on his end, forgiving us of everything that we've put in the way of him, he is, and, and we're asking for his, for his forgiveness, we, he is inaugurating the rule and the power of his kingdom come. This is a very powerful spiritual dynamic. We're asking the God of the future, the God who is the God at the end of all time, even as he was the God at the very beginning of creation, that he would come right now in this moment with liberating power to set us free. This is all wrapped up in this idea of forgiveness. These are the dynamics of God. Forgiveness, in Matthew 6.12 there, um, forgive us our debts. I'll just get you to jump to the um, slide five. Uh, maybe I've got the wrong ones here. I haven't got that. Oh, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll leave it there. Um, but when we... When we use this word forgiveness, I won't say it in the Greek, it literally means to send away. It literally means get out of here. It literally means be gone. It literally means here's your papers and your notice, now get. I'm sending away. And and so what's happening when we asking for forgiveness for our debts, we're asking that God would send away everything that we've participated in, connected our lives to, given our bodies to, and we're asking him, would he please send that away from us? Because it continues to keep us in these cycles of captivity and brokenness and sinful activity which really means being alive to sin and dead to God, whereas Paul says through baptism by faith, we are now alive to God and dead to sin. So Jesus invites the reversal of that. So we're asking God to send away everything. Now, forgiveness is often um, perceived as a personal because probably most of us in this room uh, um, have been around 
church for a long time or some time, we, we often think about forgiveness very personally. But, but I want to ask that you would just, we'll, we'll get to that, but I just want to ask that you would let God just completely blow your doors off in this moment and your frameworks about the power of forgiveness. Yes, this applies to you and me, but the impact, the impact of God dealing with sin and extending forgiveness is cosmic, it is global, it is completely earth-transforming. It's way bigger than personal guilt. It's way bigger than my own inability to stop being naughty. Now that comes too, that happens as well, but God here completely will blow your doors off if you just allow the Holy Spirit to pick you up into what the Father is doing here. When Jesus says, when you pray to our Father and you ask him to forgive sin, he's going to send that so far away from you, even as um, Psalm 103 says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgression from us. God doesn't want to just take you out from underneath the power and the bondage of sin. And sin is both an activity, it's choices, it's mindsets, it's the way we use our bodies. It's all of that. It's what we do with our money. It's when we selfishly make it all about ourselves and not God. It's, someone once said, I can't remember who it was, they said that basically sin... To live in sin is to, be, to live in the failure of a human vocation. We weren't made to live in sin. We were made to live in God. And so we're asking God to remove all this stuff from us and bring us back alive again to our true humanity, our true vocation. So that psalm in Psalm 103, that was the psalm of a people who were journeying with God together. And they were crying out, God, God, would you be patient with us, be kind to us. Thank you that you're not angry with us for a lifetime, but thank you that you you have forgiven us our sin and you've taken it as far as the east is from the west, so you've removed that from us, sent away our brokenness. So that's, in, that's, that's there as the people of God in the Old Testament are walking with God. And if you have a look at John on the island of Patmos, this is the end of the story. This is where it's all going. This is where it's all going. Now, between Psalm 103, we've had the Lordship of Christ manifest in the earth and the work that he has done by bringing the kingdom, inaugurating the kingdom, living, dying, rising again and reigning and ruling from the heavens, all of that, and then the Spirit has been poured out, and John is saying, this is where it's all going. It's all going to this very point. And Revelations 21, verse 3 and 4, John says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. 
This is where it's all going. Forgiveness, forgiveness is inaugurating where it's all going into this moment right now. When we're praying, Father, forgive us our sin, we're saying that future hope, that future reality of where every sin is dealt with, every tear is wiped away, every brokenness is healed, bring it now. Bring it into me, bring it into the people I do life with, bring it into my region, let forgiveness come. So when you're praying forgiveness, you are praying something very big. And, and even in the Psalms, there's crazy Psalms. If you go back, and it talks about things like this, like the trees of the field will clap their hands. It's like even creation itself will, will be restored into the joy of being reconciled to God, where the old order of things have passed away and the new order of things has come. You see, God has a vision and an outworking for not just you, not just me, but he's building a people in the earth that would be a prophetic picture of his hope, of look out, this is coming, world. This is where it's all going. It's not all going to COVID-19, as much as COVID-19 is raising its ugly head right now. That's not where the story is going. The story that we're living in as people who have by faith recognized God's love for us in the Lordship of Jesus Christ, the story we're living in is that the whole earth will be completely renewed by the breaking of the kingdom of God through the forgiveness of God who makes everything new when even just one person cries out in the privacy of their own home, forgive me. They're a part of a massive cosmic working of God. You're a part of something so big. At times we get so narrowed by our own stuff that we forget what's going on around us and in us. God is on the move. God is building a new family in the earth. And we see that in the second part of the book here in the New Testament. We see these Jesus people, the community of the kingdom of God on the earth as it is in heaven, being like a little preview. You know, you go to the movies and you watch a few previews before the, real, the, the movie arrives. That's the church. The church is meant to be this little foretaste of what's coming so that when people come around us, they know their sin it's forgiven. It doesn't offend. It doesn't isolate them from the people of Jesus. It doesn't, it doesn't stop them from being allowed near the people of Jesus. Jesus ate with sinners. It's a prophetic, we are a prophetic people. We are a people of forgiveness. We know what it means to have been forgiven and had our sins sent away. Man, I am so thankful, Jesus broke into my heart at 19. I am so thankful. And at 51, the power of that moment is fueling this moment. The power of what he did then fills me now. This is the nature of the power of forgiveness. It completely revolutionizes a life and sees the kingdom of God and the humanity of a person intersect and filled with the spirit of God and come alive. Yes, I go through hard days. Yes, I have my ugly moments. You can ask Nicole, I've got plenty of ugly moments. 
but I live in the truth and the knowledge that my sin has been sent away. Your sin, your sin, your father, when you pray, he hears you and he takes that sin and he sends it away. Don't keep grabbing back what the Father has sent away. Grab on to who you are now in Christ Jesus. Who you are now as a baptized, believing, coming alive, new creation work of God. Jesus is the one who sends away the sin of the world. And, and there's an Old Testament prophet, Jeremiah. And Jeremiah said, um, we'll go to the next slide if I can, thanks guys. The individual, the personal. So here's the situation. Jeremiah, uh, often known as a weeping prophet, lament. You know, we've been doing a lot of lamenting, lamenting lately. And it's a, this is a, it's a wonderful gift of, from God to be able to lament. It's important. We bring where we are. We remember how he has moved in our past and we take that and we say, we will still trust in you for tomorrow. The gift of lament. It's a beautiful thing. But Jeremiah and the people of God in this story here, they're, again, they're oppressed, they're in captivity, and they're living under um, the rule of another nation. And they're there because they had a covenant agreement with God uh, where they said, we don't want to actually be in direct relationship with you, God. We, we just want to know how to behave. And so give us a few rules and we'll do our best. And if we do well, would you bless us? And if we don't do well, feel free to curse us. I mean, we wrote it pretty much. <laughs> and and uh, the covenant was established. The covenant was established. And so they've, out of their relationship covenant with God, they were, they were misbehaving badly, poorly. They were breaking all of the relational agreement that they'd committed to. And God said, well, we have this relational agreement here that says if you behave like that, you'll end up in that space. And so I'm giving you that. And now they're in captivity, now they're in pain, now they're oppressed, and they're crying out. And they're crying out. When will we get restored to our, to our land? When will the temple be restored, God? Everything's a ruin, a mess. And it's interesting, in the midst of that, God speaks through Jeremiah in Jeremiah 31, and it's a wonderful piece of scripture where it begins to paint the prophetic hope of the new day that's about to dawn for them. And he says in Jeremiah 31, verse 33, I will put my law in their mind and write it on their heart. I'll be their God and they will be my people for I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sin no more. The big transition is, Relationship from a tablet to a relationship of the heart. And God says in that moment, all your wickedness and sinfulness, 
I'll remember it no more. What he's saying is, I'm sending it away. Remember that story when Jesus is in John chapter 8? Jesus is with this uh, group of um, religious crew and, and they bring in before Jesus this woman who's caught, had been caught in an adulterous context. And, um, and they were trying to catch Jesus out. They're like, okay, we're going we're gonna to catch him out on a technicality here on how he's going to apply the wisdom of God, the law here. And we're going to snag him. And so he's, he's asked about this woman's activity. And uh, by law, the, the, the context of the law that they had in place was that uh, if she was caught in adultery, they had the right to stone her. It's terrible, isn't it? It's terrible. Why would you want to sign up for in a relationship like that? God help us. God help Afghanistan right now. God help Afghanistan. Father... Forgive them. Forgive them of their sin right now. Forgive them, Lord, of their sin right now. Let your inaugurated powerful kingdom come with liberation for the people of Afghanistan, we pray. This is how it works. This is how it works, team. But anyway, so Jesus is asked, and he, he's like, these guys are trying to catch me out. So what he does is he gets down and he scribbles on the ground for a little while and gathers his thoughts. Do you ever feel rushed sometimes in a moment? It's like, they want something from me. I need to give them something. Well, whether it's professionally or relationally or whatever. Well, Jesus doesn't seem to be phased by that. He seems to just take, his, take, his, take a deep breath and take his moment. He just writes in the ground for a little while. don't know what he wrote in the ground, but he wrote something. And then uh, he gets up, and in the moment while he's writing in the ground, God speaks to him, obviously, and gives him a word of, like, knowledge to be able to, and wisdom to be able to apply to this circumstance. And he says, gets up and he says to the crowd, he says, well, whoever is without sin, you can be the first to throw the first stone. And now the guys that had been there a little old, you know, probably a little greyer and thinner on top, they were quick to back out. They were very quick to step back. They realised what Jesus was saying here. And they stepped back and then the young, young people finally stepped back as well. And then the woman says, uh, Jesus says to the woman, is there no one here to condemn you? And she says, no. And Jesus says, well, neither do I. Now go and leave your life of sin. An absolutely audacious declaration. Because the scripture, actually, John 8 says, Jesus declared that her sins were forgiven. I See, you've got to understand, remember, when Jesus is doing this, he is saying, God is here. I am God. And I'm authorised in this moment to forgive your sin. And up to that moment, to get forgiveness of sin, you had to behave well and then annually, or 
however often, you had to get to temple and make some sacrifices to get things restored with God so that your sin would be sent away. But Jesus is now saying, you don't need to go to temple anymore. You don't have to, make, you don't have to provide the sacrifice anymore. Jesus is saying, I forgive you. I am God. How audacious of Jesus in that moment. You see, one of the beautiful things about who Jesus is as the king is that he is saying, I'm the one who forgives now. I'm the one who has the authority to forgive and send away sin. It's all me. And if you, I don't know if you remember, but there's that wonderful piece of scripture back in the, on the global, um, the global slide, John 1, 29, when John looked at Jesus coming to him to be baptized, John said, look, here he is, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. As far as the east is from the west, the God who removes sin is now manifest in the earth in Jesus. And anyone who connects to Jesus, you don't have to go to temple. You don't have to make us work your backside off to provide a right sacrifice and behave. You simply need to, with thanksgiving, say thank you that you can take away my sin as far as the east is from the west and you send it away. Have you ever had those moments where you've experienced that forgiveness of sin? Oh, man, I, I got... I got a bunch of stories like from like when I was a little kid to just this week of having my sin forgiven. <laughs> One of them was, this, you know, going back a few years now as a young bloke, we had this lady staying with us in our house. And she was looking after us while I think dad and mum were overseas or tripping around or doing something for work. And this lady was looking after us and... and um, Anyway, I discovered one day as I was walking past her room, I saw a packet of lollies in her suitcase. <laughs> Temptation, all right. <laughs> They're yummy. So anyway, as a young kid, I sort of... And I went and I got the lollies. I only took two, so she wouldn't notice. Well, the problem was I went back again a few hours later, <laughs> and then that night, and then the next day, until all of a sudden there was no lollies left in the packet. <laughs> I was racked with, like, how am I going to get out of this? Because I knew, I knew I'd done the wrong thing. I, knew, I just foundationally, fundamentally knew it. <laughs> and then I had to be sat down at the kitchen table and presented with the empty lolly packet. And I had to fess up. It was me. I did it. I took the lollies. And the interesting thing was, the lady said to me, if you'd only asked, I would have given you one. If you'd only asked. But then in her mercy, she said to me, Kirk, I forgive you. And it was like, just <laughs> the weight came off as a kid, you know. The weight just came off my mind, off my heart, 
off, off my sense of impending doom about, my mum and dad are going to be home, what are they going to say? Oh, you know, just all of it. I just got free. I got free. It was sent away and I was free. I still have good relationship with that lady today. God wants to set us free. Remember those moments where Jesus has declared to your heart? I just want you to close your eyes just for a second. Jesus, would you remind our hearts in this moment of just any moment where you have said to us, I forgive you. And you set us free. And you sent that sin away. And there's probably some of us in the room today who are like, you know what? I still feel captive to sin that, that I'm willingly giving myself to. And some of us might be here thinking, I can't, I can't get free of the sin that others have done to me. I just can't seem to get free. And yet, I desperately want to know that I'm forgiven, that they're forgiven, that my sin is sent away and I can come alive again in God. And I can live free. If that's you in this moment, would you just be really courageous and just stand up where you are? Just stand up where you are. Because I believe Jesus wants to say something to you today. Caught in sin of your own will, your own choosing, or you're caught because of the sin that others have committed against you. Just feel free to stand up where you are. I just want to bless you guys. You men and women, just bless you. Feel your humility in this moment and your courage to trust Jesus. And I, with your eyes closed and as Jesus comes to you now, And as a follower of Jesus who's been authorised and commissioned to reconcile people to God, I want to say to you and to your hearts, your sin is forgiven. And Jesus now takes it from you. As far as the east is from the west. Thank you, Lord. Just let the power of that forgiveness come. Let your hearts be free. Let your bodies be free. 
Let your minds be free as God takes that sin as far as the east is from the west. Let the kingdom come now. Let the rule and reign of God who makes everything right come now. That's it. Now those, those of you who are sitting down, just stay standing please folks, stay just standing. Those of you who are sitting down, Paul says this about who you are. You are the ambassadors of the lordship of Christ Jesus, bringing reconciliation between people and God into the world. You, you're his ambassadors. And on our best days, sometimes we actually believe it. Well, I want to let you know today, you are the ambassadors of the one who makes the declaration, your sin's forgiven. Now, I would like some of you that are just nearby to begin to gather around those that are standing. Just, yep, just move to them. Just move to them. Now, this might be new for some of you. you some of you may not have ever done this before. I want, I want you to just, as the Holy Spirit encourages you to pray for him, pray for him. But then at some point, and this is going to take someone with a little bit of like, I'll give this a go. But at some point, I'm going to ask you, would you ask them to open their eyes and you need to look them right in the eye from your eyes to their eyes. And you need to say these words to them because you're not just saying it to their ears. You're saying it to the very soul of that person, their will, their emotions, their mind, yours to their body. You are saying to them, forgiven. I declare you are forgiven. So just at some point, at some point as you're doing this, as you're praying for them, you need to look them square in the eyes as an ambassador of the good news King Jesus and tell them your sin's forgiven. And he sends it from you now as far as the east is from the west. Now, as you guys are doing that, I'm just going to bless you in the name of Jesus, the rest of us, to just enjoy each other's company and enjoy the barbecue up the back and some fellowship together before you go. Um, but I, I bless you this week to know the power of forgiveness in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God bless you guys. Thanks for coming to the vineyard today. Thanks, Sam.